0: Your entire life you've been told to save. But has anyone helped you figure out how to spend? With Fidelity Income Planning, get help creating a personalized plan for cash flow, even when you're not working. One that includes your 401k and all your other accounts. Make informed decisions that best fit your life ahead, whether one-on-one or through our planning tools. Learn more at fidelity.com slash income planning. Advisory services provided by Fidelity Personal and Workplace Advisors, LLC for a fee. Brokerage services by Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hi, guys. It's Kendra. I'm so glad you're here listening to the Lazy Genius Podcast. I am here to help you be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. Today's episode, episode 20, The Lazy Genius Makes Tomato Sauce. Here's the pitch. Tomato sauce is a central, central, integral, super, super, super important tool to your cooking arsenal. And it's way more versatile than you think. So in the playbook today, we're gonna do three things. We are gonna talk about why tomato sauce in a jar is totally fine, but you don't have to do it that way. Number two, why tomato sauce is king of panic dinners. It is the king. Please don't ignore it. And then the last thing, we're going to list 11 ways to use sauce that don't involve pasta. Let's do this. And I feel like it's important for me to say before we get too far into this, that I say tomato sauce. And it sounds really Southern when I say it several times in a row, like I just have been. Tomato, tomato. So get it out of your system. Yes, I say tomato sauce. I've been trying to say tomato. And I, I can't do a I choke over it. So it's tomato sauce. Here we go. All right. So, why is jarred sauce fine? It's totally, totally fine, right? You can buy jars of sauce. Some of them are even really good. When I smell Prego, it is, I'm eight years old again. Like, that smell is magical. Now, the taste is never as good as I remember. That stuff is so sweet. But there's nothing wrong with jarred sauce. It's convenient. It's very dependable. You know, it always tastes the same, whatever brand you buy. It always tastes the same from jar to jar. And you have like flavor options sometimes, which, you know, if you want to like play around with things. So there's, don't feel guilty about using jarred sauce, like at all. And if you coupon well, or if you buy at Trader Joe's or something like that, a lot of jars are like a couple bucks, which is a really good price. Like that's totally fine. And when you make homemade sauce, it's not significantly cheaper. Now, if you are able to get those honking jars of crushed tomatoes at Costco that cost like seven cents that could feed an army, then yeah, it's a lot cheaper. But if you're just buying a can of tomatoes, especially for you Food Network watchers in the past, do you remember how everything was San Marzano tomatoes for forever? Well, those suckers are like $4. It's more expensive and you have to make the sauce. Like how annoying is that? So I I, I understand, I hear, your, I hear your internal dialogue where you're like, please don't make me make sauce. Please don't make me make sauce. I'm not, I'm not. When we get to the 11 ways to use sauce that don't involve pasta, you can use a jar, like 100%. But here's why I personally like to make my sauce. Of course, I have a couple jars in the pantry for like emergencies, or if I'm holding a screaming baby and chopping garlic is just out of the question, so, I understand that, but my go to is always to make it, and it's because it tastes better. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It is like a hair cheaper marginally, but it tastes better. And there's something about sauce simmering on the stove that just makes you feel like you're June Cleaver, right? And I don't want to be June Cleaver. Those skirts look super uncomfortable, but the idea the idea of cooking the sauce on the stove is a really lovely one. And I I think that we all, maybe not all, i think a lot of us really want to have that feeling of wearing the apron and stirring something that's smelling that's, you know, it's making the house smell wonderful. Um, so sauce is a really easy way of doing that that requires very little effort, hardly any time. And it's so much better than the jar. So use the jar. If you love your jar, um, But don't be afraid of making it homemade because I'm going to show you how to do that where it's not hard at all. All right, so jarred sauce is fine. Let's talk about why tomato sauce is the king of panic dinners. Oh, my word. Okay, so we know what panic dinners are, right? When you walk in the house at 515 and you're like, oh, dang it. I don't know what we're having for dinner. It's after the practice. It's when the meeting runs late. It's when the grocery store, you know, there's a rack on the way to the grocery store or whatever it is. Like there are lots of reasons why when you start to make dinner that you're a little panicky about it because you don't have a whole lot of time. Enter tomato sauce. If I added sound effects to this podcast, um, this would wear, this is where there would be trumpets. Maybe I'll try to find some trumpets. Um, but tomato sauce is your friend and you're going to see why in a second when we talk about 11 ways to use it, but. It's like automatic flavor, ready to dump onto something, right? If if your sauce, this is why I like to make it, because if your sauce tastes good, then it's going to make whatever you're serving it with taste better, right? If you're serving it with something kind of plain, good tomato sauce is going to make it magic and taste comforting and all those things that we want our food to do to us. So when you're panicked, tomato sauce is going to be so versatile for you, which is why I would love for you to learn to make it yourself and to see how many variations you can make of it that are super easy. In fact, fancy that, I have a post on the blog for you about this very thing. So it is called Choose Your Own Adventure Tomato Sauce, and I have a basic recipe for tomato sauce, and then I have two different variations, like two building blocks that I add on. It's basically just cream and roasted red peppers, and it's magic. It's like three different sauces that you can make out of one basic recipe, and it is so easy, and it's done in less than 10 minutes. So sometimes less than that if I'm able to like focus and my kids are doing something else. So you can find that recipe. Um, I'll list it in the show notes for this episode, which is thelazygeniuscollective.com. Slash lazy, slash sauce. Of course, it has to be slash sauce. Um, All right, so let's go ahead and talk about the 11 ways to use sauce that don't involve pasta. And you can see how versatile this is and how this is going to transform your panic dinners by having sauce on the ready. And the way that you can have it on the ready is like if you wanna make some on the weekend or whenever you make it, just make double or triple, you know, because it's going to get used or you can freeze it or whatever. So you don't have to be like, make a vat of it and expect to use it all the time. Like that's doesn't have to be a thing, but, um, it's nice to have at least a jar around or in a freezer bag, If you make extra or just make some and put it in a freezer bag. Um, you've probably seen this tip before and you just lay it flat and freeze it flat on a cookie sheet and then you can like have like a bookshelf of frozen flat bags of food. <laughs> this works for soups and chilies and those kinds of things. Um, but the thing that's so great is that thaws really, really fast because it's flat and it's got a lot of surface area. So even if you get home at 5:15 and you pull out a bag of frozen sauce instead of a jar of the sauce, you can put that bag in um, a bowl or sink of water and just let it hang out for a few minutes to kind of soften up around the edges. And then put it into a saucepan to heat up on the stove. Now I know that means like, oh, to wash this this saucepan. I know washing is the worst. But more than likely, whatever you did with your jar of sauce, like uh, you probably had to put it in something to heat it up to. So just go with it. Washing another pot probably will take maybe 12 seconds, especially if you rinse it once you get all the sauce out and it doesn't get gross and crusty. Let's not make gross and crusty pots part of our day, y'all. It's gross and crusty. Okay, so 11 ways to use sauce that don't involve pasta. I'm so excited about these. I cannot wait for you to use these in your house. Let's do this. Number one. Okay, so you can use sauce to simmer, uh, your. you can simmer meat inside your sauce. For example, you can get some chicken breast or tenderloins. you can do thighs, but I think thighs and tomato sauce are not as good of a pairing as, um, white meat and tomato sauce because it's like too rich or something. So I, this is a great way to keep white meat from getting like super dry. So here's what you do, get your chicken and you can, um, if you get like full chicken breasts, you know how one end is thicker than the other. If you want to put them between a couple sheets of um, plastic wrap or in a sandwich bag and kind of flatten it out a little bit with a rolling pin or a mallet or something, it does cook, um, more evenly. But if you don't do that, simmering in the sauce is what saves you from having like raw chicken on one side and overcooked chicken on the other. Here's what you do you're gonna get a skillet, you're gonna season your chicken very well with salt and pepper. If you wanted to marinate it beforehand in like some lemon juice or some herbs or balsamic vinegar or just some salad dressing that tastes good. Like, did you guys know that salad dressing is the best meat marinade in the world? If you have never had, white meat chicken marinated in bottled like wishbone Italian dressing and cooked on the grill, you have not lived. It is magical. Okay, but we're not talking about that right now. Now I just can't stop thinking about Italian dressing chicken. It's fine. Okay, so what you're gonna do is season your chicken with salt and pepper, marinate it beforehand if you want. Get your pan, your skillet, pretty hot, and you're gonna cook your chicken for a two or three minutes on each side to get that beautiful golden color. Okay, you're not cooking the chicken through here. What you're going to do is once the chicken has color on both sides, take it out, put it on a plate, and then either make your sauce in that same skillet with the chicken drippings and fat and all those brown pieces. Like it'll make it even better. Um, so make your sauce or dump your sauce into that skillet and bring it to a simmer. Okay, now you want to make sure that your skillet is not too big for what you're cooking in because you don't want your sauce to spread so thin across a giant skillet that it won't actually like hug your chicken when you put your chicken back in. So make sure that it's kind of like, you know, it's a cozy skillet, it's cozy. So put your sauce into the skillet, bring it to a little bit of a simmer. You don't want it boiling and popping and, you know, poking out eyes, but you want there to be some heat happening, okay? And then you nestle those seared pieces of chicken into that sauce. And you cover it and you let it hang out for like, depending on how big your chicken and how much you seared it, it might be five minutes. It might be 10 minutes. The way that you know that um, chicken breasts are done is you poke them and they feel a little bit firm. Okay. If they're still kind of like squishy, then they're raw. So, but if you poke them and they're, they're decently firm, they've got just a little bit of a give, then you're probably fine. But cooking them low and slow in that liquid keeps them moist. It makes the cooking... A bit more, um, gentle because here's what happens. Here's a little science lesson. I, oh my gosh. And I'm going to butcher it now that I've like set myself up as some sort of science expert. It's fine. I, I did very, very poorly in science in school, but when it comes to cooking, I understand it a little bit better. So your, um, meat is protein, right? And it's called protein because it's made up of proteins, like actual protein molecules. Is that the right word to use there? I think so. It's fine. So it's made up of like little tiny pieces of protein. Okay. And what happens when heat interacts with that protein, the protein molecules bind together. Okay. So what happens though is if you, if they bind together too quickly because the heat is too high for too long, that's when you get meat that is tough. So doing that quick sear on the outside, that is binding those proteins on the outside together really, really quickly, that's what forms the crust on your chicken. And you want that. But if you kept cooking it on a high heat like that until it was cooked through, it would be a hockey puck. Okay. That's why white meat chicken can be nasty because it's cooked at too high a temperature. So if you just sear the outside and then slowly let those protein molecules, like it's like they're, they're hippies. You want protein hippies, right? They're just like wearing their flower crowns, just kind of slowly dancing around the bonfire and becoming friends. And that makes your chicken delicious and moist and not dry, hockey puckish. So go with low and slow, hippie proteins, okay? And this way of using sauce is such a great way of doing that. So you sear your chicken and you simmer it in the sauce, boom. You can serve it with whatever you want. I This is so good, served over polenta. If you've ever made polenta like cheese in it, like Parmesan. You could even get fancy with like brie or something cool and soft, but oh my word, chicken and tomato sauce over polenta so good. So that's number one. That's the first way. And you can use that method for lots of things, honestly, but that is such a great method to sear your meat and then simmer it in sauce and then serve it over something. Number two, simmer, um, meatballs in your sauce and it, the meat, especially if you use like good frozen meatballs, make your meatballs if you want. It's fine. It's great. That is one place that I choose to be lazy because Costco has some really good frozen meatballs. And I'm like, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather make my, spend my time making sauce than making meatballs. Plus touching raw meat is, you know, not super enjoyable. So if you have a meatball brand that you really love, then I would encourage you to um, stock up on those suckers because meatballs plus tomato sauce, your panic meals are done. Like you will no longer panic, it's over. So what you can do is dump your sauce in a skillet, and then if you wanna take the freeze off of your meatballs a little bit by microwaving them for just a hair so that they're not like actually hard frozen ice cube meatballs, that's great. And then put them in a simmering sauce. Again, simmer, not crazy boiling because you want it to be low and slow, hippie proteins. And let them simmer. And the fat from the meatballs, the herbs from the meatballs, all of that kind of leaches into the sauce and makes the sauce um, dimensional and delicious. And what you can do with that, of course you can serve that with pasta, but we're not talking about pasta, right? This is surprisingly good over rice, you guys. Brown rice even. Like it's, it's really lovely with a sprinkle of um, like Parmesan and fresh parsley or basil or something. It is so delightful and really, really pretty. You could serve it over any grain. Really though, you could do like barley or farro or some sort of, you know, quinoa is a little bit too small. I think it's a little bit too mealy. So I think it's good to have, um, if you do a grain, something that has a bite to it, right? Like rice or barley or something. This episode is sponsored by Squarespace. I don't know if you've checked out my website lately, but she just got an upgrade and we did it with Squarespace. With Squarespace, it is so easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms, day i'm wearing love note a sparkly nude that matches my skin tone and annie is wearing bouquet a shimmery pink that matches her personality plus olive and june's polish is chip resistant and lasts for seven days visit oliveandjune.com lazygenius lazy for 20 percent off your first manny system that's o-l-i-v-e-a-n-d-j-u-n-e.com l-a-z-y-g-e-n-i-u-s for 20 percent off your first manny system No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash lazygenius. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash Genius for 20% off. Um, another way that you could use your simmer, this isn't even the third reason. This is just number two, meatballs. You could make meatball subs. With your sauce and your meatballs and your bread that you keep in your freezer or like even hot dog buns. I've had sub rolls. I mean they're not like super great, but if you toast the heck out of them, it's not so bad. You can um yeah, like put get your bread, put your meatballs on it, put a little sauce on top of the meatballs, and then put cheese on top of that. Put it under the broiler in the oven. Broiler means you don't have to preheat it, isn't that magical? So put it under the oven if you want to saute some onions or peppers, or even put those under the broiler, like slice them really thin, toss them with a little bit of um, like olive oil and salt and pepper so they're seasoned and the fat will help them look, like almost catch on fire. <laughs> Not really, but kind of like under the broiler. So charge them really quickly. So they kind of have, they definitely have a, a bite like they're raw, but they have gotten some of that raw flavor out and they've added some char to that. And then pile that on top of your cheesy meatballs and put a little bit more sauce on top of that and eat that sucker with a lot of napkins praise. So good. Okay. Number three, here's another way. Without sauce. I mean, without, um, no, this is all about sauce. If you didn't have sauce, this episode would be terrible. Not pasta. Number three is, um, vegetable soup, you guys. So if you have a bunch of like nubs of vegetables that you need to use up, cook them all, like cut them into pieces, saute them and season them, season all the layers and then add some tomato sauce and some chicken stock and you're done. You can add rotisserie chicken to that. If you want to put some protein in it, you can add a couple of cans of like cannellini beans to bump that sucker up. Um, There are so many things that you can do to make soup. Like there's soup. I mean, come on, it's soup. You can do so many things with soup, but you might not have thought about putting a jar of tomato sauce in your soup. It gives it all this extra flavor without having to do any extra work. Number four. Okay, this one is super easy and so very fun. It's fish in the oven with sauce. Here's what you do. This is so easy. You want to get a white fish, a firm white fish. For example, cod, halibut, striped bass, mahi-mahi, something like that. You can get a filet or like one of the steaks. Either one's fine. And what you're going to do is you're going to season that fish with salt and pepper. Don't be afraid, please, of salt. It is magic and king and necessary for flavor and happiness. You're going to put your salt um, and pepper, if you want, on your fish, both sides. And then put your fish on a baking sheet or in like a casserole dish type thing, a baking dish. I would encourage you to do something so that that fish doesn't stick. And because I don't like to wash dishes, I would 100% line whatever that pan is with foil because, oh my gosh... Um, and then you can do like a little bit of cooking spray or just um, pour a little bit of olive oil on that pan and just kind of rub it around with your fingers or even so you don't have to get oily fingers, which I get weird about cause I, I can't get it off. It's annoying is use your tongs that you've been using to like turn your fish over and just pour the oil on the pan and put the fish down on the oil and use the tongs to kind of move it around so it doesn't stick. You're just trying to keep the fish from sticking to your pan and then spoon some tomato sauce on top of it. Again, it's kind of like hugging it. It's like, you don't want it to be, you don't want the fish to be swimming in a pool of sauce, but it needs to be like, they need to be friends. Like you don't want to have any extra pieces of fish like sticking out like janky middle school elbows. Like you want there to be some sauce hugging each piece of fish around each edge. And then all you do is you put that thing in a 375 degree oven for like 20 to 30 minutes, depending on how thick your fish is, bake it. And it's done. Are you kidding me? And then serve that sucker with rice? Like, that is so hands-off. It's crazy. Number five, use tomato sauce as a braising liquid for tougher pieces of meat, like short ribs or rump roast or something like that. So the way that you braise, this is, braising is like hippie meat 101. Are you kidding me? Braising is like bringing all the hippies. This is their Coachella for one, like 100%. So what you're gonna do, is you're going to get like a Dutch oven, which is one of those big, heavy, um, like cast iron or ceramic, like but one of those big old heavy pots that are usually colorful with the pretty black top. Joanna Gaines always has a white one in every kitchen she designs. It's fine. So um, what you're going to do when you braise any sort of meat, if you get your um, your ribs or your stew meat, you might see like stew meat already cut up. At the store really it's just tougher pieces of meat that have already been cut into cubes for you which if you want to save your time on having to cut them that's totally great um but what you're going to do is season again your meat with salt and pepper more salt than you probably think if your food makes you disappointed most of the time you're probably not using enough salt you don't want it to be salt be salty but salt makes everything more like itself it just elevates everything so please don't skimp on the salt but you're going to salt your meat And then you're going to sear it just like we did with the chicken in the first idea. You're going to sear it and get that um, high heat, crazy protein packing into each other. Those molecules are becoming really fast friends, like forced into it. It's like a frat. It's crazy. And then what you do is the same kind of thing as the chicken, except chicken doesn't take very long to cook. It doesn't get tough, like, or it doesn't start out tough with these super long fibers like a lot of these um, cuts of beef do. So they need to cook for like three hours, okay? But what you can do, once you sear those puppies, once you sear those short ribs, dump in a jar of tomato sauce and like a little bit of water to thin it out and then bring that to a simmer. You don't want the meat covered um, because it actually is more like boiling than braising and that's not fun. And then you just have that flavor automatically uh, going into your meat and it's so a tasty, and you can serve that with, with polenta, with rice, with any sort of grain or pasta or, you know, whatever, but it's so good to use. Tomato sauce is a braising liquid for a tough pieces of meat. Number six. Okay. This is, um, kind of a vegetable, almost like a ratatouille kind of thing. Cut up eggplant, zucchini, summer squash, onion, red bell pepper, green bell pepper, whatever color bell pepper, anything you like really. And cut them into, um, you know, kind of like not bite-sized pieces, but like, you know, like chunks. You don't want them to be like super, super tiny, but like chunks, like one inch chunks maybe. And put them on a foil lined, oh my word, please don't put them on a sheet without anything under it. So you have to wash that stupid baking sheet. It's so annoying. Put uh, foil on it. I'm so passionate about that. If you put foil on it and then toss your vegetables with olive oil, and salt and pepper, obviously, and put it out really um, on one layer, flat layer on that baking sheet. Put that sucker into a hot oven, like 450 degrees, okay? When you cook those vegetables, once they're done, like 30 minutes later, pull them out and they're like beautiful, crusty and fun and toss them with tomato sauce. Are you kidding? Or you're like, wait, why would I do that, Kendra? Because it's almost like ratatouille. So fun. And you get all of that flavor plus all the flavor you just developed in the roasting. And it's kind of like you can serve it like in a shallow bowl with grilled cheese or like crusty, crusty bread to kind of sop it all up. I mean, was your mouth wandering? My mouth was wandering. Number seven, make tomato soup out of tomato sauce. Because that's basically what it is. It's like tomato soup with broth and made thinner. So if you're like, oh, I want to make some tomato soup really fast, but I have a jar of tomato sauce dump it in a pan, put in some chicken broth. If you want to saute some like carrots or onions beforehand that you're going to puree into the soup, that's great too. You would start with the vegetables, then add the sauce, then add the broth, and then like mix it up, season it. Done. Are you kidding me? So good. Number eight, you can cook. Did you know that you can cook eggs? And tomato sauce, I know the mind is reeling at all of these possibilities. So what you're going to do is get a small skillet. Again, you want it to be huggy. You don't want it to be like a giant skillet so that the eggs are flopping all over the place and they don't know where to go. They need to be comfortable in a small skillet. So you're going to put your sauce in a skillet, bring it up to a little bit of a simmer, crack a couple eggs and just right on top of the simmering sauce and then put a lid on it and then let it cook until the whites are set now if you don't like runny eggs don't do this because you will hate your life but if you do like runny eggs stop it It no so so good and you can like put some parmesan on top serve it with toast like spoon it even onto toast and kind of eat it like fork and knife style oh my gosh I don't know now I'm like I don't I want to eat all of these today and I can't which is so disappointing but my mouth is legit watering like a crazy person. Um, Number nine, almost done. Number nine, you can use it as a spread for paninis, like if you're making Italian paninis. This is one of those things that you can do at home so easily and it's shockingly delicious. So my favorite combination, my favorite thing to do is just like good bread. You don't want to use like like um Merida white bread, that's probably not gonna go very well, but you want a bread that's got some heft to it, right? So um some sort of Italian loaf or something that toasts really well and has a good crunch when it's toasted. So you wanna get that bread, spread some of your tomato sauce on both sides of the bread, oh my word. Um, then use cheese, mozzarella is always a good way to go. Provolone is also delicious. And then I love to get salami, at Aldi. Aldi sells um, really great like cured meats like capicola and sobristada and they always have salami. And so if you put some salami on your cheese and then some roasted red peppers, which I always have in my fridge because they are used for so many different things. And then, che- and then cheese again because you want cheese on both ends to kind of act as glue. And then put that thing in a skillet with some butter and olive oil. I use a combo because it tastes even better. And Like, you know, you can use a panini press if you have that too. And press it down. And make yourself a panini that makes Panera go, girl. And you're like better than they are. So good and so easy. And again, you're using tomato sauce like mayonnaise. Magic. Number 10, make an Italian quesadilla and use the tomato sauce as salsa. For example, you're just going to get your uh, flour tortillas. And use cheese. Don't use, like, cheddar. Use something that's more Italian-inspired, like mozzarella, provolone. One of those um, Italian blend mixes, you know. If you're a shredded cheese and a bag buyer, they make those Italian blends. Um, but Parmesan and Romano, you could even use, like, um, uh, you could use something like brie. Something that is very melty. I just wouldn't use cheddar or, like, queso fresco or Monterey Jack or something. And make your quesadilla. Like... You know, tortilla on the skillet, on kind of like low to medium heat, cheese on top, another tortilla, let it cook on both sides, cut it into wedges, and then dip it into warm tomato sauce instead of salsa. You'd be surprised at how delightful that is. And finally, I I always call this pizza bake. Whenever we make this, I call it pizza bake. But basically you use that bread that you just um, used for paninis and you didn't make enough or you didn't make enough paninis to use all your bread. So you have a few like ends of bread or you have so much bread that you're like, what am I going to do with all this bread? Cut it into cubes, into big old one inch cubes. Drop it into a casserole dish. Sauté up all those vegetable nubbins in your uh, refrigerator. Scatter those along the bread and then drizzle the bread with olive oil. So it's nice and coated. So it kind of gets a little bit toasty. The pieces of bread that are exposed um, to the heating element in your oven in just a minute. And then pour tomato sauce on top of it and stir it all together. And it's almost like a bread pudding, but it tastes like pizza. And then you top it with cheese. And you could put pepper. You could put like cubes of pepperoni in it or take that salami that we just used in the panini and cut it into strips and toss it in there too. That is such a great way to use lots of little nubbins. Um... Are you okay with the number of times I've said the word in ovens? I hope so. Um, Yeah, and then put that in a, in a oven, like 400 degree oven and the cheese on top. And then you pull it out once it is bubbling and the cheese is melted and maybe a little brown. And it's so good. That's so good. So you guys, that's 11 ways. That's 11 ways to use tomato sauce that are not involving pasta. Don't you feel good? Okay, quick, lazy, genius tip of the week before we go. You need to buy cheese tortellini and use it in your life. You can toss it with said tomato sauce. You could put it into soups. You can toss it with pesto. You can do so many things, but here's the thing. It tastes like magic and it cooks in literally three minutes and it transforms your dinner and makes it feel special and happy. So I just want to encourage you to add cheese tortellini to your arsenal. That does it for this episode. The lazy Genius makes pasta sauce. Remember in the show notes, thelazygeniuscollective.com slash lazy slash sauce. I will include a link to the post that has my favorite sauce recipe, including everything that I mentioned in this episode. Okay, before we go, if you have not left a review for this podcast on iTunes, would you do that super fast? This is not for me. This is for other people to find the show because the more reviews it has, The more iTunes is like, oh, cool, people like the show. I should tell more people about it. And don't we want a world with more lazy geniuses? Are you kidding me? We're the best. We're also super humble. That's fine. I'm so glad you're joining me again this week. I just am so appreciative of you guys, your emails, your comments, your Instagram interaction. I just love you so much. And I cannot wait to see you next week on the podcast. Until then, be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. See you next week.